You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. So we, we, we have, uh, as of right now, around about $14 million, which sets us up more or less for two years of intensive work. But I have a feeling that we will have ongoing drill success and with that will be an acceleration in drilling. In fact, we're hiring some people now and we're setting ourselves up to jack up our activities substantially. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I am your host, Bill Powers. Thanks for tuning in. In today's show, we will be getting an update from one of our sponsors, Osino Resources. Website is osinoresources.com. Find the company in Toronto on the Venture Exchange under the ticker OSI. Since we last touched base with Hayadan, the CEO and founder, as well as Dave Underwood, the VP of Exploration, there have been significant press releases and the company has raised a significant amount of money. You're going to hear from both gentlemen today. First, you're going to hear from Dave and then from Haya. So without any further ado, let's jump right into it. I am joined now with Dave Underwood. He is the Vice President of Exploration for Osino Resources to get an update on the company's progress as they continue to advance the Twin Hills discovery in Namibia. Dave, thanks for joining me. And if you could, you released a press release, I believe it was on January 9th, regarding some phenomenal results as the project continues to advance. Can you review those highlights for us and talk about the significance of these results? Thanks, Bill. And um, hi to you. Yeah, so those results that you contained are best intercepts to date. So we're really excited about them. Um, you know, 92 meters at 1.4 grams is, is really an exceptional result. Um, and not only did we get really long intercepts, but we also um, got a, a couple of nice high-grade shoots as well. One was 35 meters at 2.5, and the other was 37 meters at 2.5. So um, so that's what we wanted to see. We wanted to see not only these real widths, but we also wanted the high-grade shoots. What we also did is we expanded the Twin Hills Central mineralization out to 1,200 meters in strike now. Um, we were at 800 meters previously, and we've now proved that it extends to 1,200, and it's still open at both ends. So, yeah. We it was really an exceptional set of results. And your deepest holes thus far are about 200 meters, is that right? Yeah, we've got most of our holes are 200. Um, we've got a couple of holes that we lengthened to about 240 or 250 meters because they ended in mineralization. But most of it is down to 200. So we're open at depth and open also in three directions, is that correct? That's correct. And so to prove the, the continuation of the mineralization, I understand that you still have some pending assays out at different targets. Yeah, that's right. We have um, two holes still pending at Central, um, and then we have seven holes at Twin Hills West. We haven't released any results there yet. Uh, we have two holes at Clouds, and we have six holes at Barking Dog. And I think we're particularly excited about the Twin Hills West um, assays, because as you'll remember, this is where our highest bedrock results came from. So, yeah, and we're hoping to get all those results back in the next couple of weeks. Can you give us any feedback that you've gotten from your peers in the geological field uh, with these results that you put out? Well, these, these results are fairly typical of what these sedimentary hosted gold deposits look like. 
So I think within these economic geology or the gold area, people understand this um, deposit. They like the look of it. Um, they understand how it's developing and what it could grow into. As we look at your 2020 exploration plans, you obviously still have the results that'll come out in the next couple of weeks that could influence your plans. But as of right now, what are the plans to advance this? Are you focusing more on infill or expansion? Can you break that down for us? We're going to do both. We're going to do the infill at Twin Hill Central. Um, we want to get the drilling down to 100 by 50 meter um, grid. And in some areas, we may even go down to 50 by 50 meters if we need to. Um, and that's probably going to look at about, probably going to take about 10,000 meters of drilling. And then we are going to expand, uh, obviously, as you said previously, Twin Hill Central's open to the west and to the east. So we will we will look at expanding in both those directions uh, for Central. And we might also put in a couple of really deep holes to see what happens at depth. Then we are also going to um, probably do some drilling at Twin Hills West. They'll be influenced by the drill results, but um, I'm pretty confident we'll be doing quite a lot more drilling in that area. Um, and we'll also do some looking, we'll also look for some new areas of mineralization, probably to the south of the Twin Hills Central, and maybe go back to where we started, which was at Twin Hills East, and maybe drill some more holes around there. We found some interesting looking mineralization um, at the southern end of Twin Hills East. So we we'll probably look to go back there and do some more drilling. So, so I think in all, we'll, we'll drill 20 to 25,000 meters this year. Um, and let's say it'll probably be 50-50 or perhaps 60-40 with the 60% being um, expanding and the 40% being infill. Should we expect by the end of the year then a your first resource? We are looking to do a resource, but it will either be the end of this year or, or more likely early in 2021. But yes, we are looking to put out a resource, um, but um, a substantial resource, let me put it to you that way. Well, one of the things that the uh, press release mentioned was uh, Ochikoto's advancement and how when you do a comparison, this project seems to be uh, looking even more prospective. Can you talk about the comparison with Ochikoto, please? Yeah, in the, the, the recent press release, Haya um, mentioned that it took Ochikoto six years to put out their first resource, which was 870,000 ounces. And we would be looking to put out a better resource that, than that within two years. So I think that gives you an idea. Um, I mean, if you look at the Ochikoto pit right now, it's 1,200 meters in length. Um, and our Twin Hill Central, just the central part so far, is 1,200 meters in strike length and open at both sides. So that gives you a sort of a gross comparison of um, of where we are. And I should say for listeners that aren't familiar with the story, this this project is right in the middle of two pits, Ochikoto on one end and Navachab, which is like a six to eight million ounce multiple deposits on the other end. So even as you explore more targets, it may not be one big super pit, but it could be multiple pits in close proximity. Isn't that right? That's correct. Uh, it looks like Twin Hills Central, if it goes that far, will be 
um, substantial size pit. But then, yeah, as you say, we've got Twin Hills West, which is some distance away. We've got clouds on the other side. So it it's entirely feasible that we'll end up with multiple pits. Uh, several years ago, there was a project in Western Australia that moved from RAB drilling to, I believe, a 4 million ounce resource within a year. And this discovery was done undercover, similar to what you're doing undercover here in Namibia. Uh, the company was Gold Road Resources. Are there any comparisons between what you're doing at Twin Hills right now and the project that Gold Road Resources advanced quickly within a year? Yeah, you're talking about the Gruyere gold deposit. Um, and we did a case study on Gruyere because the exploration method was almost exactly the same. Their deposits covered by 18 meters of younger cover and then four meters of sand on top of that. So they followed a very similar procedure um, to what we did. And they made this discovery. But the mineralization at Gria is in a very different geological setting. It sits within a porphyry granitic body. And it's a set of these quartz veins. So it's very well constrained within this granitic body. Um, And they managed to, I mean, it's actually incredible. They did 38,000 meters of drilling to get to their 4 million ounces. Uh, That's that's really an exceptional return, uh, not something you'll see often. Uh, by comparison, Ochikoto drilled over 100,000 meters of of drilling, did 100,000 meters of drilling to get to their um, their full resource, which was two and a half million ounces. Uh, and I think that's more typical. We probably have to do more than more drilling than Greer, I would say. I have to imagine, as the lead geologist on this project, uh, it has to feel good being in the midst of a discovery, and now the company is cashed up, so you can really put the drills to work. That's right. Uh, it's uh, we've got. I think we've got to this point exceptionally quickly, and the markets obviously recognise that and uh, given us uh, a good amount of money to go to work with. So we're gonna we're gonna be drilling flat out this year, um, and yeah, as you say, try to get to a resource. Uh, it's 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 been it's been a great year. Dave, any final thoughts as we conclude this segment that you'd like to share with the investors listening? I think I just want to, want to portray the level of excitement that we that we have, and uh, we're really confident about this project. This, this, this is going to go places. Excellent. You've been listening to Dave Underwood. Again, he is the Vice President of Exploration with Osino Resources. Now you're going to hear from Hayadan, who is the CEO, Founder, and Director of Osino Resources. Dave, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks very much, Bill. Now I'm joined with Hayadan. He is the CEO, founder, and director of Osino Resources, one of our sponsors. Haya, thanks for joining me. And it looks like, based on your recent press releases, that you've been a busy man as people have been beating down your doors to give you money. Yes, yeah, certainly we have. Uh, thank you very much, Bill. It's nice to be on your show again. But yeah, this financing has been quite um, transformative for us. So how did this come about? It was an overnight marketed financing uh why did you decide to go about it in this manner yes a lot of people have asked me that there's a couple of simple reasons most importantly it has less risk for most people involved in this except i guess for the underwriters and i'll say that because for us it's good to do an overnight marketed deal because um it's much quicker you know it took us basically two days to raise the money and now another two weeks to close um 
the investors like it because the stock is immediately free trading. So unlike in a private placement where the Canadians have a four-month hold period, which people really don't like, for investors, the stock is immediately free trading, and that attracts um, institutional type of investors. Um, so, you know, we haven't made it public who's come in, but it's really a who's who list of North American and European institutional investors that came into this financing. And they like an overnight type of uh, board deal. It's kind of like a board deal. Um, so that's the second reason. And then um, the third reason is, you know, we, as you saw with our share price in, in November, December, we fell victim to the warrant strippers and people that sell when the four-month hold stock becomes loose. So all those games that are being played in the Canadian markets, um, you are not subjected to when you do this style of financing. The downside, of course, is that it's much more difficult for us to bring in our friends and family and, you know, a lot of these supporters like yourselves and others who subscribe for smaller checks like the retail type of investors. Um, we were able to bring in some through the brokerages that participated. But, um, yeah, it makes it a little bit more exclusive. And that's, I guess, not so good for those investors. My broker um, told me because I'm from the United States, I was it wasn't even possible to participate if I wanted. Well, Bill, you know what? I've heard that from a bunch of people. And I'm somewhat upset about that because... Uh, well, I don't know whether I'm allowed to be upset about it because they're, you know, they're obviously the reasons for why I said that. But we made an effort um, not to be subjected to that, and I was actually under the, under, in, in the understanding that Americans can participate. I know there's some other people that we really like that couldn't. So, um, you know, to me, the next step is to to get this OTC listing going that um, that you, that you actually recommended to me and we discussed previously. Uh, so anyway, to the investors, I want to say we will we will do everything we can to make it easier for you as investors to buy our stock and participate in financings. So Haya, you've raised $12.5 million and you've done it quite quickly, which is impressive. Can you mention anything or will you in the future mention anything about who came into this financing? Yeah, Bill, I would love to mention, um, you know, we've just closed. In fact, it's $14 million, not 12 and a half, because there was an over-allotment that Cormac has, which is standard in these type of deals, a 15% extra, which they took up. So we ended up raising a total of just under $14 million. Um, yeah, I would like to tell you who these names are, but um, at the same time, I respect these investors, and sometimes they don't like it. So I'm not going to do it on the air here. But I think just keep a lookout in our presentations in the next little while and around PDAC, et cetera, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to these people. It's, so, it's still so fresh. We haven't actually met some of them personally because quite a few of them came through Cormark, the bank. So let me just respect that for, for a few days or a few weeks and then we'll tell you. But it's, it's, it's some very well-known large institutional investors. There's some generalists in there, which we're very pleased about, some specialist investors. There's some you know, ultra high net worth, some additional ones that we don't have on our register yet. For example, the CEO of Cormark personally wrote a very significant check, which was a real vote of confidence. So it's that kind of um, investor in the 500000 to one and a half, two million dollar range. So then the Treasury should have about $15 million right now, if I understand that correctly. What is going to be your burn rate for the next year? How are you going to, this is a lot of money and money goes far in Namibia, as we've talked about previously. How are you going to uh, create value with this uh, big treasury now? Yeah, let me just correct you because, you, yes, theoretically it would be $15 million that we have because we had a million plus 14 that came in. But, you know, these financings aren't cheap, so or they don't come for free. So there's brokerage and legal fees, etc. So it can subtract about a million dollars off that. 
Um, so we, we, we have, uh, as of right now, around about $14 million, which sets us up more or less for two years of intensive work. Um, so our budget this year, I mean, I can tell you the number, we haven't put the press release out, but we will in the next little while. In the next few weeks, we'll put out the work plan for 2021. But I can already tell you what it will be. It's going to be around about $7 million, $7.5 million. It will include at least 20,000 meters of drilling, which is double of what we did last year. Um, and most of that will go on to the Twin Hill Central project. So lots of drilling, 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 uh, expansion drilling, infill drilling. Um, and then some will be sprinkled also to the other projects that we that we are advancing as well. But that's not what you asked me. You asked me about burn rate. So um, this money will safely last two years, um, one and a half to two years, depending on how we rev things up. But as things stand now, two years. But I have a feeling that we will have ongoing drill success and with that will be an acceleration in drilling. In fact, we're hiring some people now and we're setting ourselves up to jack up our activities substantially. And as I was thinking about how the company will finance itself, you also have about $5 million of in-the-money warrants and options that I can only imagine will be exercised sooner than later. And then you have another kind of financing built into this current financing you closed because that would raise, if my calculations are correct, about $8.4 million, assuming the share price continues to rise. Yes, of course, that's dilutive. Uh, you know, I'm conscious of this, and that's always the criticism of these kind of questions, even though you didn't ask that question, but I'll respond to it anyway. But, um, you know, I have to tell you, it's sort of on a personal level, building Osino and bringing it to this point, you know, I've warned this company, as you know, and financing has been front of mind basically every day. Um, so it's a very significant pressure, especially in a questionable market as we've had leading up to this. So at the end of this year, the stars really aligned with gold price and results and some key relationships with Cormark and so forth coming through. Um, and we decided to take more than we would have typically taken. I think, you know, it would have been nice to take maybe a little bit less, not dilute time too much and then finance more later. But, you know, the re reverse side of that coin is that we now have, you know, zero financing risk for the next two years at least. And that's a very comfortable position to be in, ex especially as we are going to kick off a very significant program. So I think strategically and long term, we've done what's best in the best interests of all our shareholders. Are you still in contact with a lot of the majors or mid-tiers in Africa about a potential partnership? Or now with this financing, are you going to put that on hold and continue to just put the drills to work? Yeah, look, I mean, this is an interview, so I guess I'm always open and I'm, I'm just thinking how open I should be, but I'll be open. The reality is last year, 2019, on various channels, I spoke a lot about possibly bringing in a strategic partner in the form of a mid-tier or a major. And the rationale for that was, was, of course, access to funding, but also validation. Now, with this financing we've just done, the need for alternative sources of funding other than straight equity is not there anymore for the next little while. So therefore, the, the motivation to bring in a strategic investor has diminished somewhat. I still think that it would be good for us to have a big name brand attached to us for validation and for you know, other strategic reasons. But I think it's in, our, in the interest of our shareholders and of our company, actually, not to be married to anyone right now and not even to be engaged. 
Um, I think we, we've got an exciting time ahead of us. We're well funded. We know what to do. We don't need other people to tell us what to do. We just need funding and we need to execute our plan. And in that regard, the quest to bring in a strategic investor, as I said, has diminished somewhat. We, we're still speaking to these people, you know, different companies speak to us as, you know, out of technical interest. Uh, we, in fact, I'm going to attend the mining and over the next couple of days down in Cape Town and we're meeting a range of well-known producers and materials as we have for the last few years. So we will continue to pursue those discussions. But I don't see us doing a strategic financing anytime soon, unless, of course, something amazing happens. We have further amazing draw results. Our share price shoots out the lights and somebody offers us a deal that we can't refuse. I mean, that's always possible. I don't. That's not my base case, but that would be the only circumstance under which I would do a strategic sort of deal in the foreseeable future. A few weeks ago, you put out uh, excellent uh, geological results, which I just discussed and the listeners to this show just heard me speak about with Dave Underwood, your VP of Exploration. Uh, in this recent financing, uh, resource capital funds put in some more money, so they're obviously happy with the results. What other feedback have you gotten from key cornerstone existing shareholders that you can share with us? I'll just give you feedback from the two key guys or key entities, which is Ross Beatty and RCF. And Ross Beatty is known um, for, you know, his approach is not to dilute too much. So I expected him to um, to give us, uh, you know, appeal on taking so much money. And he did. But he also sees our rationale and he's happy, particularly because we were able to do it at a very good price, you know, very close to market price, just under, under 80 cents, 78 cents, as you know. So he's very supportive. He participated uh, and he's still very supportive and excited about where we're going. RCF um, is the same and I'm very pleased that they've uh, come in. In fact, they've um, increased their position. You know, they had about eight and a half percent beforehand. So they were below the reporting level and they've gone over the 10% limit, I think they're going to end up at just over 12%, which makes them uh, report reportable, subject to reporting if they trade. So they um, that shows your commitment, uh, their commitment, and it shows that they, you know, they like what they're seeing. So we're very pleased about that. So I, th- I think those those two entities are our key and larger shareholders, and uh, yeah, so uh, they're very happy and and very excited about about the future. Dave shared that in a couple of weeks, you'll release the upcoming assay results, so investors can't expect that. But Haya, as we conclude, is there anything more investors should be looking for? Yeah, it's a couple of weeks, it's true, but we want to release those results as soon as we can. The reason we haven't is because we were quarantined during this financing. So, you know, I'm not saying next week, it's going to take us a week or two to re- re- receive the results and, and put a press release together. So that will come out. Um, work plan. For sure, you know, some more flesh to the rough work plan that I gave you earlier. And then ongoing draw results. Um, I think that's that's the key. As you can hear, Haya is a very straightforward guy. And one of my favorite things from the Beaver Creek Summit last uh, year in 2019 was sitting down with Haya and discussing. And I thanked him for doing such a great job because my shares at that time had already doubled. And he said to me, he said, Bill, you know, I'm not a greedy guy. I really enjoy creating wealth for my shareholders and my friends and families come into these deals. And I get a lot of satisfaction and enjoyment from creating wealth for others. So that's the type of leader Haya is. You can hear that coming through in his forthrightness and his sincerity through this interview. I encourage you to go check out the company. It's OsinoResources.com. 
trades in on the Venture Exchange in Toronto under the ticker OSI. And as Haya mentioned in this interview, look for uh, a better OTC listing in the States soon. It does trade on the pink sheets in the States under OSIIF currently, but look for that OTC uh, listing to be upgraded soon. Haya, as always, it's a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for coming on the show and giving us an update. Thank you, Bill. Thank you very much for helping us access, you know, especially the U.S. Uh, investing public. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.